your Bibles with me to Psalm 37. Psalm chapter 37. If you got an actual physical Bible, if you open up just like to the left of center, you're going to almost be at the Psalms, okay? We are continuing our series. This is now week two of what we're calling Vision Sundays. And here's why we're doing this, because having an understanding and pursuing vision from God is vital for the church, but it's also, listen, it's vital for everyday living, okay? You, you got to have vision in your life. If you were with us last Sunday, then you know that the B-I-B-L-E, it even, it says it that strongly. It's vital. Watch this, okay? This is Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. It says, where there is no vision, no godly vision, where there's no vision, the people perish. I'm curious, how many of you have some non-perishable food items in your house right now? Like how many of you have that, I mean, it's, it's old, but it's delicious, that can of cream corn that's in the back of the pantry. It's been there for two years, but you know you could bust that thing out, and it's good to go, right? Okay, but at the same time, um, have you ever had some food that has perished? Like how many of you have ever opened up the milk jug, and instead of creamy, yummy, goodness, you got chunks that smelled like the crevices in between a teenage boy's toes? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Where there is no vision, the people perish. That's what God's Word says. Or you could say this, that, that word vision. Where there is no prophetic revelation from God. That's what we're talking about. Where there is no prophetic revelation from God, people perish. I'll say it this way. Their lives begin to rot. Okay, that word perish could actually be translated as they cast off restraint. Some of your translations will actually say it that way. Where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint. They live however they want to live. They do whatever they want to do as opposed to what God created them to do and live how he created them to live. And when people start doing whatever they want to do, how many know we ultimately end up living self-destructive lives over time where we harm not only ourselves, but we drag others down with us? And how many of us might just be honest enough this morning to admit that we've lived that way at some point in our past? I have. Okay. Um, and hey, if you're here and you still feel like you're on that trajectory, um, but you're ready to do it God's way, then good news, you are in the right place. Come on, and he's here to help you do it his way, and so are we. We say welcome home, and here's more good news, his way works. It works every time. I'm, I'm telling you, his vision or his dreams, or you could say, you could even say his desires for your life, they'll lead you away from destruction and they will lead you to life every time. We call it the life of impact and significance, the life of fulfillment in Jesus. Because listen, that verse, it goes on to say, yes, where there is no vision, the people perish. But, and I'm going to paraphrase here, but it goes on to say, but Man, he or she who loves God, he or she who knows God's word and wants to live according to what God says, oh, that person is blessed. It says that person has life, and they lead others to life in God as well. And so last week, if you were with us, we talked all about living the dream. All right, and we even asked the question, um, whose dream or whose vision are you living according to? Yours or God's? And we even began to touch on how we can actually know whose dream we're living according to, okay? But today, I want to take it a step further, and I just want to make it crystal clear for all of us, all right? So you guys ready for the title of today's message? Here we go. Very simply, 
It's living God's dream. Living God's dream. Okay, now, real quick, though, before we really dive into that, I just want to remind you, next Sunday in this series, Pastor Greg is going to join me right up here, and we're going to have a conversation all about how we as a church invest the resources that God provides us with, how we, how we invest those things so that we can best accomplish the vision that God has given us. Okay, so here's what that means, all right? Among other things, we're going to talk about where the tithes and the offerings that many of you give, where those things go, how we invest those things, okay? So if you give, man, you need to be here, all right? And if you don't give, you need to be here because you're going to discover there's this whole other realm of blessing that God has for your life that may so far be untouched, but God wants to open it up to you, all right? Man, don't miss this one. It's going to be so good, all right? And then, all right, okay. Originally, we had planned for this to be a three-week series, but this past week, I really um, sensed that God was saying there's a fourth one in this series, all right? So here, here's what we're doing. Two weeks from today is Labor Day weekend. All right, now, I am not here to beat anyone up for going to the lake on Labor Day weekend. However, I will say this. The lake's still going to be there when church gets out. And what if the most refreshing thing you can actually do on Labor Day weekend is bring your family to church? Okay, plus, listen, here's, here's what God's laid in my heart for this message, all right? Just, um, God's given our church a giant vision, which means this. He's got a big dream for your life. And I'm telling you, you can live it. However, I'm just going to be really real right now. Um, depending on how you look at what's going on in the world right now. And depending on how much you're paying attention to what's going on in the world right now, uh, I'm going to be real. The future can start to look a little bleak. Okay, if you're, if you're paying attention to what's going on, I'm just going to tell you, um, there is some scary stuff that evil people are trying to lead us into. And so I may not, I don't think I'm the only one, but here's how it can feel sometimes. It can feel like it's hard to make long-term plans for the future because it feels like all hell might break loose. Okay? But, but here's what we're going to talk about. What if, what if, we're going to talk about those things, all right? But what if all these things are not catching God by surprise? And what if all these things will actually still lead all of us into the vision and the dream that God has for our lives? lives of impact and significance, no matter what happens next. Uh, can I tell you something real quick? I mean, just tragic what's going on in Afghanistan. Um, if we can, there is some good news. Uh, just in the last week, the church in Afghanistan became the second fastest growing church in the world in a week's time. Okay, behind China, the second fastest growing church. Okay, so God's moving, all right, in the midst of crazy situations. Um, I'm just going to tell you, we may face some hard days in the future, all right? And, and so we're not going to just sit back and, like, pretend that we're not. We're going to talk about it, all right? But I believe this, man, it is possible to live the lives that God has created us to live for such a time as this if we just keep following Jesus no matter what. And so I would encourage you, show up Labor Day weekend because I believe God wants to fill you with hope and confidence to face the future. And to, and to accomplish what God's calling you to accomplish in life, no matter what happens next. Amen? Amen. 
man, you're going to feel guilty if you go to the lake. <laughs> I love you. I love you so much. All right. Let's, let's get in. <laughs> it's my job. It's my job to make you feel guilty. It's not. All right. That's the Holy Spirit. He's doing that. All right. Um, again, let's dive into this. We're talking about living God's dream. Okay, so let's do this. That's a big concept. All right, and so let's, let's make that thing small. Let's break it down. Just follow me, okay? Think about this. God, the loving Father, that's who he is. He created you. In fact, he's the one who came up with the idea of you. You, you did not come up with the idea of you, amen? There's like four of you. You're know, looking confused, like, I don't know about that. I'll amen myself on your behalf on that one. You did not come up with the idea of you. Amen, Pastor. All right, come on, you didn't. Amen? amen? All right, God created you. And so along with that, think about this. God is really, 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 really smart. I mean, he is infinity times infinity times infinity plus one smart. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but he is incredibly talented when it comes to planning things out. Okay, and so listen, here's where I'm going with this. It means this. It means that God wasn't acting all willy-nilly when he came up with you. He wasn't being careless. He created you on purpose. You see, some of you, you think your lives are just this random set of events and circumstances and situations and hardships, and you're just here to hang on for the ride. Okay, you look at me. That's exactly what Satan wants you to believe about your life. Because when you live like that and believe what he says about your life, then you remain blind as to why you actually exist. Okay? And then, hey, you will always live according to what you believe. Every time. So come on. Listen, if God's a loving father, and he is, if he's really smart, if he's a really, really good planner, and if he created you on purpose, then here's what that means. It means he created you for a purpose, his purpose, okay? And so here's another way we could describe that purpose. We call it God's vision. We call it God's dream for your life. It's his fatherly desires that he has for your life that he specifically created you to live. Watch this, Ephesians 2.10. It'll be up here. It says it that way. That it, says, it says that God wasn't acting all willy-nilly. I just like saying that. But watch, it says, for, or listen, here's, here's the truth. We are God's masterpiece, He's talking about you. We are God's masterpiece. Not only did he create you in the first place, but then watch this. He has, if you've given your life to Jesus, he has created you anew in Christ Jesus. Somebody thank God. Thank you, God, for creating us anew. So, there's a reason. So we can do the good things. There's your purpose. So we, so you can do, some of you need to hone in on that. So you can do the good things he planned for us, you, long ago, long ago, like way back in eternity past when he came up with the idea of you. Like way back in eternity past when he came up with his vision, the vision for his creation, which included your life even way back then and the good things he planned for you to do. Family, if you've been saved by Jesus, then not only did God create you in the first place, but he's now recreated you in Jesus so that you can live God's dream. 
Man, I hope, is Emma getting encouraged? I hope you're getting encouraged today. You're not an accident. Nothing is random chance. All that is garbage. You were created for a purpose. You were created, God has a plan for your life, and you can fulfill that plan, and it will fulfill you. Hello, look, here's what I want all of us to get. If you've never believed the truth that God has a purpose, that he has a dream, that he has desires for your life, if you've never believed that before, listen, today is the day, I'm telling you right now, you can make the decision to believe that truth. Okay, even if you don't know what the dream is yet, even if you don't know what his desires and his plans for you are yet, today is the day to accept the truth that God created you to do good things that he planned for you long ago. Because listen, here's what happens when you believe God, that he has a dream for your life. You then have to stop believing Satan and what he says about your life. The blinders come off, and then you can actually begin to take the necessary steps to step into the dream that God has for your life. You can live the dream. This is good preaching, Pastor. All right, so listen, that leads to two obvious questions then, okay? I'm going to give them both to you at the same time, but then we're going to dive into the first one, okay? So I think they'll come up here. Listen, here, here's the two questions. Number one, how can you know what God's dream for your life is? How can you know? Okay, and once you do know, then here's the second question. How can you fulfill God's dream for your life? How can you actually go on to fulfill that thing? Okay, so let's talk about the first one. Listen, God has a dream for your life. My prayer is that many of us would believe that in this, in this room today. Okay, he has a dream for your life, but that doesn't all mean that we know what the dream is yet. Okay, so, and am I right? Man, you're in the right place. If you're like, I don't know what God wants me to do yet, you're in the right place. Okay, so you don't have to have it all figured out, okay? But how can you know his dream or his vision or his desires for your life, okay? I got really good news, and I'm not messing around. It's actually really easy to find out what God's dream is for your life. I'm not messing around. You, got, you guys want the answer now? I can just give it to you. Here's all you have to do. You just have to receive prophetic revelation from God. I don't know. Some of you are getting discouraged right now. You're like, that is the hard part, Pastor. I've been trying to get prophetic revelation for a long time, and I haven't got it. Listen to me. No, it's actually very easy to receive prophetic revelation from God. Okay? Um, there's just one caveat. You just have to be willing to do something most people aren't willing to do. If you want to receive prophetic revelation from God, you just have to be willing to do something that most people aren't willing to do. Okay, let, me, let me explain that more by telling you more about what God has been doing with me lately, okay? So if you were here last week, um, man, I shared about how for months now, I mean, since last April, I mean, God has just moved in my heart. Um, not that I ever doubted his dreams and what he's called the church to, but just moved in my heart to, to go back to Jesus and just lay everything down again, all the dreams, all the vision, and just, and just set it down before his feet surrender all over again, reconfirm the dream that, that I haven't somehow slowly mixed in my own dreams with his dreams, that I haven't diluted anything, that I'm not going off course, that, I, that we're not drifting together. I just had this burden. I need to go back to God because the burden is, Father, I'm, I'm just here to see your dreams fulfilled. 
At the, at the end of the day, I do not want to stand before you and, and, and there's dreams that you had for my life and our church in this region and beyond and they didn't get fulfilled because I was selfishly going after mine. So the desire was, man, I'm just going back to God. I want to see the things that you have for my life, for our church. Those things come to pass. And so after months of prayer, uh, it all sort of culminated um, last month when I went, I went to this little tiny cabin on this little tiny lake in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. Went all by myself for a few days and just fasted and prayed. Just got on my face and worshiped. And I asked this over and over again. I just kept praying, God, show me your dreams. Make it clear. Show me your dreams. Show me your plans. Show me your desires for my life. Show me what you want for this church. Just show me, God. Okay, listen. After about a day of just praying that, I mean a lot. And I mean now months leading up, just praying, show me. Okay, I was in that little cabin, and I was, I was still praying, show me your dreams. Okay, and in the midst of praying that, all of a sudden, I, I really, I sensed that the Holy Spirit was just speaking to my heart, just speaking to my spirit. And, and here's what I sensed the Lord say. He said, okay, Brandon, you want me to show you my dreams? Then he said this, he said, watch this. He said, how is it that I most often reveal my dreams to my people? Think about that. He didn't just show me the dreams yet. He, he asked me a question. He, I really heard him say, how is it that I most often reveal my dreams to my people? That's a good question, isn't it? Hey, and so let's just do this. I want you to help me out. Think about what you know of the Bible. Think about people in the Bible. And does anybody know? I mean, what were some of the ways that God revealed his dreams or his plans or his desires to his people? You can seriously just holler them out. What's that? While they were sleeping. So, so dreams, actual dreams that people dreamed. Absolutely. What else? Say it loud. Through the word. Absolutely. Through, hey, through preaching the word and through even people spending time in God's word. What else? Come on. Who said that? Gosh, raising this kid right. Visions, yeah, listen, I'm, we might call those miraculous prophetic visions while you're awake where all of a sudden you, you get a vision from God. What else? Action steps? Ooh, that's, oh, that might actually get on to what we're, no, just, just be quiet. <laughs> how about this, how about this? Um, a prophet might actually come and speak a word from God directly to a person. Amen. So listen, I, I thought about all these, like all these were coming into my brain. And, I was, and, and so I said to the Lord, I was like, well, that's how you do it, Lord. Th these are the ways that you reveal your dreams to your people. And so I was in that cabin and I was honestly hoping I'd go to sleep that night and that God would give me a dream. Okay. But so, but as I was, I was saying, that's how you do it, Lord. This is how you do it. But then I'm serious. The Holy Spirit spoke to me again. And it's like he nudged me. It's like he said, yeah, but there's still another way. And family, as he said, there's still another way. I'm not messing around. Psalm 37.4 just flooded my heart. Okay, and as Psalm 37.4 began to flood my heart, in that moment, it's like God began to show me. Listen to me. It's like he began to show me the way. You could say the most typical. You could say the most common. I would probably say the most profound way that God reveals his dreams to his people. Okay, listen, if you love Jesus and you follow Jesus, but you never see an angel, oh, that was, that was another one. Sometimes angels show up, 
right, and, and reveal God's plans. If you never see an angel, if you never have a dream from God while you sleep, if you never have a vision, I guarantee God will do this one with you. He wants to do it with everyone, even if they do receive all the others, okay? So don't put it, like, listen, you guys ready? You guys ready to see Psalm 37.4? So we got your Bibles there? Okay, look at this. Just watch this. Okay, oh, hold on. Let's not put it up. <laughs> Let me say this. You want to receive prophetic revelation from God? We're about to see how. Psalm 37.4 says this. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I know some of you are questioning some things right now, but you just hone in on that and listen to that one more time. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, I know some of you might say, well, this is talking about my desires. I thought we were trying to figure out God's desires. Okay, just, just listen. hold on and, and, and check this out, okay? I really believe this. Watch this. That verse right there, it has two parts. It's, it's sort of, it doesn't say if, then, but it really is like an if then verse. It's an action and result verse. It's actually a promise from God verse. If you do, God says, then I do, God says. Okay? And, and so, listen, even though there's only two parts to this verse, here's what I personally believe. There's four steps. There's, there's four steps to this verse. Let me explain. And look, I know, I realize, at the, I realize, all of us would love to have actual dreams from God on a regular basis when we go to sleep. I know that, okay? All of us would love to have angels show up and just tell us what God wants us to do. All of us would love to have miraculous visions unfold before our eyes while we're awake. All of us, and, and sometimes, it's, it's kind of rare, but sometimes some of these things happen, all right? All of us would love to have a prophet show up with us every Sunday morning to speak one-on-one -on -one the word to us directly from God. Okay, I know that. Okay, but again, as cool as those things are, God will absolutely reveal his dreams to you the way Psalm 37, 4 describes, and he wants to do it this way with everyone. Absolutely, okay? All it takes is four steps, two from you and two from God. Okay, just follow me. Here's the first step. The first step is just as it says, you and me delighting ourselves in the Lord. That's step number one. You start delighting yourself in the Lord. Here's step two then. God then steps in, and he begins to change our hearts. God steps in. Come on, think about this. We begin to delight ourselves in the Lord, and then God steps in, and step number one, or step number two, but it's his first step in the process, is, is him changing our hearts. So he takes out, he removes all those perishable visions and dreams that you and I have been living according to, or the other ungodly ideas that somebody else gave us that we've been following, those things that we've come up with on, with on our own, and he repacks the pantry of your heart with his non-perishable, eternal life, visions and dreams, his plans and desires for your heart, for your life. Here's step three then. You and I just keep on delighting ourselves in the Lord, including the new desires he's given us, which leads to step four. God then gives you the desires of your heart, or you really could say it this way. He leads you in life to fulfill the desires and the dreams that he's now planted in you. This is fresh manna from heaven, y'all. <laughs> this is good. I'm telling you, man, he will lead you to fulfill his dream. 
Are you, are you seeing this? Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll step in and change your heart. He'll give you new desires. Keep on delighting yourself in the Lord, and he will lead you to fulfill all the desires, the dreams, the visions that he's planted in you. Gosh, man. Right, and it's not a one and done thing. It, he'll keep, as you just keep on delighting in the Lord, he'll keep pouring out new desires and new dreams and new visions in your life. It'll go on and on and on for your whole life. But also I believe this, it'll keep going on and on and on because God's dream, if he were to give you the whole dream at the very beginning, we wouldn't believe it because it's too big and it's too good for what we think we could do in our lives. This goes on and on and on. But so, okay, get this. I love this. Psalm 37, four there. Um, technically, it just answered both of those questions. Come on, you, you want to, how can you know what God's dream for your life is? It's easy. Just begin to delight yourself in the Lord. How can you fulfill God's dream for your life? Oh, it's easy. You just continue to delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll lead you to fulfill the dream. Is anybody getting pumped up? Come on. All right, so back to that moment in that tiny cabin on that tiny lake uh, there in nowhere, Kansas. Listen, I had been asking the Lord, show me your dreams. Would you show me your dreams? And a Psalm 37, 4 flooded my heart. I heard the Lord say, this is what I, I, I felt like he spoke to me again. He just said, Brandon, I have planted my dreams in your heart as you continue to follow me. Okay, stick with me. I really, just in this time alone with the Lord, I felt like the Lord said, so if you want to see my dreams, why don't you just take some time and just write down everything I put in your heart. Just, just take some time. Let's spend some time together and just write down everything that you and I are now dreaming of together, and you'll begin to see my dreams all over again. Okay, and so I did. I, I mean, I had my journal with me, and I just started writing down everything that I believe the Lord's put in my heart. And the dreams that I'm convinced are for my life and, and, and for the gathering, okay? Um, and, and listen, at, I really believe, listen, I'm going to say my God's dream for my life is to help shepherd and usher our church into the dream that he has for our church. I want to fulfill it. Okay, and so um, I'm going to just, I'm going to share what I wrote down with, with everybody, okay? I'm just going to share the whole thing, okay? But before I do, um, one word of caution. Okay, um, I'm convinced that, that, that these are dreams from God. But what I don't do is just automatically assume that every dream I have in my heart and every idea that I'm passionate about, I don't automatically assume that those are all from God. Um, I hate to burst your bubble, but how many know um, pastors can have some bad ideas too? Amen? Okay, so here's what I do. So you're like, amen. <laughs> here's what I do. I surround myself with faithful people who've been following Jesus and have a proven track record with him over the long haul. I surround myself with those people, and I submit the vision and the dream to them. And I ask that the Holy Spirit would bring confirmation as he brings peace and unity to their hearts around the vision as well. Here at the gathering, we have elders that God has called to help us lead the church. And so the, you need to know the vision is in submission to the elders. And if, if any were to say, like, man, I've got to check in my heart about this, then we would take time and pray through that. And if everybody were to say, man, that part's not from God, then I listen. You hear me? Okay. Um, but at the same time, again, as we pray and as we, as we have unity together about the dream and the vision and what God's calling us to, then we, we believe we can move confidently together as a church. We can move forward into what God's calling us to. Amen? Okay, so all that to say, 
God wants to, and he will give you prophetic revelation. He will share his dreams with you for the specific call that he has on your life, which by the way, listen, I guarantee your dream that he has, the dream that he has for your life, it will always fit into the greater vision and dream he has for the church. We're going to talk about that in depth next week. But if you find yourself chasing a dream that's not a great commission dream, that doesn't fit in with his dream for the church, I'll just tell you right now, I love you. You're wrong. Okay? His, if you've been saved by Jesus, you're a part of the church. Okay? He has a dream for your life, and it's deeply intertwined with his dream or vision for the church. Okay? So, all this to say, we just need to remind ourselves, all of us together, that not every dream or not every idea that we're passionate about is necessarily an idea or a dream from God. Okay? So, this is why I would say, this is why it's so good to do church together. This is why go to connect. Get relationally plugged in and connected to the church. Let's be in neighborhood gatherings together, our small groups. Let's serve together. So that way, that way, as God continues to pour out his revelation into your life, we can all love each other and support each other and walk beside each other and help all these things come to pass. Amen? Okay. So with all that said, hey, I'm just going to, you guys get it? I'm just going to read you the dream. Um, th- listen, um, if you call this place home, there's a lot in here you've already heard, okay? There's a few things in here that I've never shared before, all right? But things that tie into what God has been calling us to for a long time, okay? Um, and listen, I know I'm not the only one dreaming about this stuff. I know that God's already planted a whole bunch of this stuff in your hearts as well, okay? You guys ready? Look, I'm, I'm going to start here. Listen, um, I just wrote this down in the presence of the Lord that day. I dream about my family being healthy and effective and joyful in ministry over the long haul. Um, Whether you work on staff at a church ever or not, this ought to be your dream, that you and your family would be healthy and effective and joyful in ministry over the long haul. I dream about being a husband to Rachel like Jesus is to the church and having a red-hot marriage till the day I die. I dream about being a father my kids love to follow even when they're grown up. I dream of helping my wife and kids fulfill God's dream for their lives. I dream about a God-pleasing, disciple-making, risk-it-all-for-Jesus-to-follow-his-dreams kind of church. I dream about the gathering leading the way to see our entire region reborn through Jesus as an overwhelming amount of people become disciples who make disciples. I dream about, every, I dream about seeing every person in my hometown, get saved by Jesus. I dream about the gathering having 10,000 people across multiple campuses in multiple communities all throughout our region. I dream about the gathering, about gathering campuses along with churches we plant and other churches that we strengthen. We'll talk about that. I dream about them leading the way to revive our communities spiritually that healthy, Jesus-loving families would become the norm as brokenness becomes a thing of the past. I dream about addiction, crime, divorce, and dropout rates plummeting with salvation, graduation, freedom, joy, and purpose rates going through the roof. I dream about healthy schools with Jesus-loving teachers. I dream about gathering campuses along with churches that we plant and others that we strengthen, leading the way to revive our communities economically. 
That when people get saved, they'd steward their income and homes and neighborhoods and businesses and schools and resources well, therefore bringing economic and physical rebirth to the things they've been entrusted with. I dream that those economic and physical things we see reborn would themselves then only inspire and ultimately lead many more people to be reborn through Jesus. I dream about poverty cycles being broken in towns all across our region. I dream about the Fox Theater being fully reborn to be used as a blessing to our town and our region. Okay, um, I dream about seeing 6th Street completely reborn and revitalized. Now, these next two, I'll just give you a little heads up. Um, these two, I'm going to say, like, they may not be exactly what God's calling us to do, but they're like an expression. This, is, this might be a little bit Brandon dreaming, okay? You guys okay with that? This is like an expression, though, of the dream, all right? I dream about the old Dillon's slash Salvation parking lot down by the railroad tracks. I dream about that thing becoming an outdoor gathering space like Magnolia in Waco, Texas. Listen, turf grass, food truck space, concert space, an outdoor movie space, farmer mar- farmer's market space, fireworks, a pop-up skating rink in the winter, a mini little train that kids and families can ride on. Somebody's got a dream for this town. This one's been in my heart for years. Again, this is an expression. I'm not literally saying that God, he might, man, I'd love, to, I'd love for the church to lead the way in these things. I dream about the old Alco parking lot becoming a drive-in movie theater. I dream, okay, here we go, back to God stuff. I dream about all our communities coming to life with new businesses and restaurants. I dream about the gathering having the finances and resources to facilitate and accomplish these things. I dream about multiple pop-up church containers simultaneously having church services in different, different communities all across our region. I dream about planting a gathering campus in El Dorado. I dream about planting a gathering campus in McPherson. I dream about planting a gathering campus in Hutchinson. I dream about planting a gathering campus in Wichita. And then all of the campuses working together to reach out to the smaller communities in between. And let's see this region reborn. I dream about starting a rural church. This is one I've never shared. I dream about starting a rural church network designed to strengthen and encourage existing churches in communities all across our region. Okay, listen to me, just real quick. Um, We want to see our region reborn. Here's some really good news. There are churches that already exist in all the communities we want to go to. People that love Jesus. And look, maybe, maybe they haven't grown, maybe they've declined or been stagnant, but people who still want to see something happen. And I'm not saying we've got it all figured out, but I know we love the Lord and we want to see our region reborn. What if, and I'm not saying this will happen tomorrow, but what if we can begin to dream about how God might use us to go and come alongside other churches and love and strengthen and support and help them grow? I'm going to tell every time we see another church grow, I mean, that's, that's people coming to know Jesus. And that's more people in our region getting reborn. I would love to start a network where we just begin to reach out and love and encourage churches all over the place. I dream about equipping and supporting church planters. This is, again, this is new stuff. Church planters who have a heart and a vision to plant a rural church. I dream about the gathering starting a financial support ministry specifically designed to help fund rural church planting and rural community rebirth. Here, I don't have time for this, but... Listen, um, we as a church, you know, we give to missional organizations. Like, we'll talk about that next week. We give to see other churches get planted and all those kinds of things, um, and, and, and we love it. Um, man, 
I'll just be honest, there's not really any organization, organizations that we know of that are specifically designed for the church all over the place to give to, to help churches get planted in rural communities. Rural America has been forgotten. Okay, there's, listen, you go to a big city, I'm just, you, can begin to, you can begin to get lots of people to, sh- if you really, I mean, you, get, you can get lots of people showing up, and honestly, there's lots of business people um, in bigger communities. It's, quick, it's easier, I'm going to say it that way, it's easier to get resources massed together quickly um, to be able to do a lot of things. That is, that is harder in small towns, okay? Those, those lots of people and even business and resources, those things just aren't as prevalent. So what if the, the church would get a heart for rural heartland America again? And what if we'd begin to pour into and put resources into planting new churches and when pastors have a vision for how their community could get reborn and it, like, how about we can come alongside and say, yeah, we got... We got support for that. Through all these things, I dream about giving people hope and new life in Jesus, that he would receive glory for it all. That every ounce of rebirth and every tangible example of his goodness would shake more and more people out of brokenness and death and a negative mindset towards the church and into, shake them into real faith, freedom, life, and discipleship in Jesus. I dream about harvest for the kingdom of God. I dream about seeing our region reborn, every community renewed by Jesus. Come on, who wants to be a part of that? Come on, who wants to see that kind of vision come to pass? It's not a pipe dream, it's God's dream. And I'm telling you, you're not here by accident. He has a specific part for you to play in seeing our region reborn. Well, who would like to receive some prophetic revelation as to how you're specifically supposed to play your part in seeing our region reborn? Who wants that? Anybody? Okay. I mentioned earlier, it's easy most people just don't want to do what it takes to receive prophetic revelation from God. So if you really want it, you want to know what it takes? Here's what it takes. You have to delight yourself in the Lord. And most people just don't actually want to delight themselves in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord, God says, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That is a promise. However, most people don't truly want to delight themselves in the Lord, and therefore they never actually live God's dream. So listen, with lots of grace, um, can we just be real together about the church? And not, listen, not just our church. I'm talking about the church. Can we be real about the church together, the church today? Okay, some of you, um, you're going to think I'm picking on you with this. I promise, man, I love you. My, my goal is not to pick on anybody or anything like that. I need to get picked on too. If you feel like you get picked on right now, um, please don't get angry at me first. Just open your heart and ask if the Holy Spirit might be touching on something in your life. Most people don't want to delight themselves 
in the Lord. So many want Jesus just on their terms when they want Him at the times that it's convenient for them, when it works for their schedules. And I'm not just talking about missing Sundays regularly. I'm talking about missing daily life with Jesus regularly. Most people just don't make daily room for Jesus in their lives. Bible reading is rare. Prayer is reserved for those moments when things get hard and people are looking for a quick fix. Worship isn't even on people's radar throughout the week. Showing up consistently with Jesus daily or even on Sundays together with his family, it's not a priority. It tithes and offerings, I mean, oftentimes, just be real, oftentimes those things are given hesitantly and fearfully or even out of feelings of guilt rather than faithfully and with joy. The sin in our lives is it's tolerable. It's even, sometimes it's even likable. Relationships that drag us away from Jesus, and we know they're dragging us away from Jesus, those things are often clung to more tightly than our relationship with Jesus itself. Other, all kinds of other activities, I love you, all kinds of other activities, sports, uh, weekends away, all those things, they ride shotgun in our lives, and the church is a backseat. The notion, listen, the notion of safety at all costs, no matter what it takes, the notion of being safe has rapidly become more of a priority than actually doing what God is telling the church to do. What God tells us to do in His Word is often taken just as a, a good suggestion rather than truth that must be obeyed. I'm going to say something strong. Some of you are like, you just did. Um, listen, all that, and we could keep going, okay? I could keep going. Um, all that, that's not delighting in the Lord. That's called ignoring the Lord. Okay, that's, that's called delighting in other things above and before the Lord. Uh, something else or delighting in many other things. And so what, and it sounds like we would say we'd never delight in the Lord, but, but if we can be honest, here's what it looks like for Jesus. It's like, it's like delight light. He, he gets what's left after we've delighted in the other things first. And so um, this is going to be really strong, but if we can be real, um, if he and his ways and his dreams are not priority, Somebody's got to say it. If he's not first, he's not really Lord. And if he's not really Lord, you're never going to live his dream. Okay. So, I would imagine that there's probably conviction in lots of hearts all over this room right now. Guess what? Praise God. Um, I told you a minute ago that there's four steps in that verse, four steps to discovering God's dream and fulfilling the dream. Um, there's actually, listen, there's actually, there's actually a fifth, fifth step, but it's actually, the, it's actually really the first step. Okay, there's actually one step that comes before those four steps. 
And it's a step that the Holy Spirit takes towards you and me as he lovingly convicts us and draws us close to the heart of Jesus, where by his grace, hopefully we will lay it all down at his feet. Our dreams, our visions, our priorities, our wants, our past, all the things that we think are important, all the things that we delight in more than we delight in him, all the things that are riding shotgun that's putting his church and his dream in the back seat, where we lay those things all down. And then as we, as we lay those things down, we then simultaneously let him take his rightful place as Lord in our lives, and we commit to live our lives for his dreams instead of ours. The first step is the Holy Spirit convicting you and me, drawing us close to, the, close to Jesus. And listen, hey, listen, when Jesus is Lord, it's easy to delight in him. It's easy to delight in him first. Okay, listen, listen in English, that word delight, um, here's what it means. It means to take great joy, to, to actually great joy and enjoyment. Come on, doesn't that sound like a good life? Amen? Okay, but watch this, okay? It's going to be up there. Listen, in the original language, in the Hebrew language, here's what that word delight means, okay? Uh, Watch. It's got two little definitions. The first one, to take exquisite delight. To take exquisite delight. Okay, but here's delighting in the Lord. Watch this, the second definition. To be soft, be delicate, and be dainty. Now, dudes, just hold on a second. When I first read this, I'll tell you, I told the Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, but I can't be dainty. I'm too burly. I'm a man. It's <laughs> trying to ease the tension. All right. Um, listen, here's what this is really saying, though. You want to know what this is saying? Be soft, be light, be dainty, all that stuff. Here's what it's saying. It's saying be free in Jesus. It's saying you can be free in Jesus. You can delight in him because he loves you so much that we haven't been free. We weren't free, but he came and gave his life for you and me so that we can be free. So that he can then hold our hearts in his hands and begin to change them because they're now moldable, because they're now soft. They're light in his hand. They're dainty in his hand. He can mold us. He can shape us. He can take us into the life he dreams of us having. And we're here like, yeah, I want everything that you've got for me because I can't get over the fact that you saved me. The gospel is a matter of, of life and death. And yet we, we, we just like, oh, I got saved. I'm going to go do this other stuff. No, our lives should be spent rejoicing in the fact that he's made us alive. Delighting in him. We get to be alive in him. We get to be free in him. We don't have to live the way we once lived. We don't have to chase all that junk we used to chase or those things we were going after that just, if we can be honest, continue to keep us unfulfilled and lead us to death. No, we can be fulfilled in the Lord. He's got dreams and plans and visions that he created for us since eternity past. It means we can be free. Come on, you can be free to live for him in every way. You can be free to show up and, and set those other priorities aside. You get to be free and delight in him that the world doesn't have to pressure you into a million activities when the one activity is really serving Jesus. You, you can be free to be God's masterpiece and live out the plans that he created for you long ago. You can be free then to show up at church and be excited to be in church and not miss the other things. You can be free to show up and, man, I'm so excited to serve together because you have a dance party every time somebody else gets free in Jesus and you played a part in it. 
You, you, worship is on your radar all the time. You can't get over what Jesus has done for you. Prayer isn't, prayer isn't a last resort. It's how you start. You, you, can, you can fall in love with tithing because you know, man, I'm playing a significant role in the expansion of the kingdom of God and God's using this to see our region reborn. You, you can delight in the invite in drawing other people into the presence of God right here with us. You're now free to love your spouse and your kids and see them step into their God-given destinies too. I could keep going, but come on. You're now free to delight in the Lord and have him remove all those perishable dreams, all those perishable visions, all those, those things that you and I lived for that were not of God, that led us and others down a path of death, you're now free to delight because he's repacked the pantry of your heart with eternal life and dreams that will never perish but will lead many others to eternal life as well. You want a prophetic revelation from God? I got one for you right now. You were created for such a time as this. God made you on purpose for a purpose. God created you. You call this place home? You've been saved by Jesus? I'm telling you, he created you for a great commission life first and foremost. He has a specific call on your life for how you play a part in seeing our region reborn or seeing this great commission come to pass. Okay, listen, the world, it has plenty of other things you could live for and try to find your joy in yet you will always be unfulfilled. But if you will delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes.